This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for online creatives. I'm Sarah Tasca and this is episode nine. This week, I'm chatting with Hannah Argyle. Hannah is a blogger and photographer with over 200,000 followers on Instagram, where she shares a combination of travel, portrait and lifestyle photography. We have a really open conversation about confidence, self-esteem, sponsored posts and the temptation to people please. And I suspect a lot of you are going to relate to the things that we're talking about. So for anybody that doesn't already know you, do you want to tell us a little bit about your Instagram and your story so far? I am a mum. I've got two little boys. I live in Northampton in in a Victorian terraced house with my family. And I started on Instagram about three and a half years ago when my youngest was around about his first birthday. I'd been using the app a little bit but you know just posting really awful pictures with <laughs> bad filters like we all did back then just hit and miss really for a little while and then around his first birthday started to get more interested in photography and how other people were achieving what they were achieving in images I was seeing every day and I started to try and up my game and went from there so yeah I've been I would say a photographer for three years and made it my profession about 18 months ago exciting it has been that time around when your son was one what was it that triggered that new interest in photography do you think I think I had just been missing a creative outlet my background was in art and that was my favorite subjects at school drawing and painting and I actually got my university place to do an art degree but lost confidence and that's always been one of my biggest problems I lost confidence and actually in freshers week kind of bottled it and changed my degree and did a history of art degree which I don't regret and I really loved doing it I don't think the fine art course would have really suited me but that was always my problem with art really was I didn't feel like I was good at it and things didn't really turn out how they were in my mind's eye and it was always a bit of a sort of creative battle Mm. um And then after doing my degree, I became a picture framer. I've run my own picture framing business for about 10 years, um, working from home. And that was creative and I really enjoyed it. But after having kids, again, it was just always rush, you know, the kids napping, got to go and do some some work. And it was always just a bit frantic, a bit rushed. And I felt like I was going through the motions. And um, so it was just photography was oddly just something I'd never considered I'd never even tried to take a nice photo I didn't own a camera I'd never thought twice about composing an image which is really strange because obviously my history of art background has taught me all about composition and use of color Mm. so I feel like all those skills have come back into play and um, photography has been a less frustrating source of creativity for me (laughs) and do you feel like I mean there's always an element of it I suppose but do you feel like that struggle you were having where what you imagined versus what you created as that gulf narrowed with photography for you massively so yeah massively and um, you know I did for a while find it frustrating and that has what has driven me to learn more and I would go out with my camera in the midday sunshine and I'd come back and I'd be really mad at all these dark shadows, (laughs) understanding how to work with the light. And I would literally just sit on Google and read blogs and YouTube and 
just try and figure out so how do people get this nice soft light and you know I've worked out about gold now and I've written a lot about stuff like this on my blog because I want to share with people what I've learned and it's literally just kind of all through Instagram looking at other people's images and thinking well how on earth have they achieved that and I want to be able to do it too. <laughs> that's amazing I think that's really inspiring to be so completely self-taught thank you and I think Instagram's amazing for that isn't it yeah kind of opening your eyes to types of creativity you maybe didn't consider before and yeah that hit of inspiration exactly it amazes me every day really how people share such incredible work and it's all just there free for us to you know Fill our eyes with beauty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, just sharing it for the love of it most of the time as well. Not yeah. Not for any hopes of gain or not for hopes of career advancement. Most people are just doing it because we love it and we want to. Yes, definitely, definitely. It sounds like possibly for you, I know this was certainly true for me, that Instagram also kind of gave me permission to create in that kind of uh, self-doubt, not totally trusting yourself to call yourself a creator. But then there comes a point where you've got enough people who are calling you that for you that you can start to try it on. Does that ring true? Yeah, I think that's I think that's maybe where the scales tipped for me was when I did have a few more people following me who were sort of obviously had found my account and started following along because they liked what I was creating. But in the early days, I felt very embarrassed and apologetic about, you know, taking a picture of a still life or something, which was just weird. Like my friends were like, what are you doing? You know, I I had 40 followers and it was, you know, suddenly really kind of embarrassing for me to launch myself into trying to take good pictures but then very quickly I started to gain followers people who I didn't know and people who had you know just found me and were following along for my photography and quite quickly that gave me more confidence and it's it's sort of a crutch in that it it buoys you up and it can move you along but then there comes a point where you start to have to believe in yourself absolutely because it doesn't last forever and yeah you need to have some sort of self-belief in the end to be able to keep going with it I think absolutely but do you feel like it's given you that it's kind of given you the strength to stand on your own feet as a photographer now yeah I think I I have to sometimes just have a word with myself because <laughs> it's um you know I will always err on self-doubt but I have to kind of say well you know I have to look at what I have achieved and that gallery of images and think well yeah you know I've, I've done that and um, did it all by myself and there it is so absolutely it speaks for itself yeah <laughs> And for me, there was a real moment of I was scared to call myself a photographer. Mm. I was scared to call myself a writer to the point where my bio used to say takes pictures and writes things because that sounded more legitimate. Like at least I wasn't putting those words on. And then I kind of, like you said, had a bit of a word with myself and was like, people are paying me to take photos. People are paying me to write. If that is not being a photographer and a writer, what do I think it does look like? Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. And, you know, there does come a point where you have to believe that you're, you know, you're earning good money and for me more money than I've earned in my other careers by doing this so therefore that possibly makes me a professional (laughs) yes yeah however much we might not believe it Um, in fact I have an episode coming up soon all about imposter syndrome with um an amazing woman who is gonna hopefully help us all out with that so I think it's probably one you'll need as much as me (laughs) 
one of the things you said then that really interested me was about that kind of being seen to try in the early days because mm-hmm. I hear this a lot of the time from people on my courses who maybe that their followers are only say their friends from school yeah. historically or even like the other mums at the school gates yeah or it's people who kind of know you in real life and have put you very firmly in one box yes and then you want to try something new. Yeah. And the feeling of their eyes on you can be a really uncomfortable thing. I know. I still get really embarrassed when mums at the school gate say, oh, gosh, I came across your Instagram account the other day. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, oh, it's just silly, you know, please don't look. <laughs> oh, no. I'm more comfortable with strangers. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, well, I don't think you've got anything to be embarrassed about because your work's gorgeous. Oh, thank you very much. You should own it. <laughs> I'm trying. (laughs) Creativity takes courage and I think that is true for all creatives whether it's writing or creating music and putting yourself out there is really hard and you get more used to it but I don't know whether it ever gets easier really I don't know it feels like a lot of eyes on you sometimes and but Generally, it is a lot of eyes. Yeah. How many followers have you got? Um, 210,000. That's quite a lot of eyes. It's a lot of eyes, but people are nice. People are really nice on Instagram. And um, that is what has kept me going, I suppose, and kept giving me the courage to create. Absolutely. I wonder if there's people listening to this, like this maybe is my own imagination of how the difference is. But I don't think necessarily in America, people have this much self-scrutiny and self-doubt over yeah. taking themselves seriously. I wonder if it's quite a British thing that we we're quite cynical about anybody trying anything anybody yeah anyone having a go yeah being successful we don't really like that as British yeah I think think you're possibly very right on that and um I don't know it's just it's a whole new world as well you know it's my mum tries to explain Instagram to her friends and people (laughs) don't get it and you know why would you because it's all new and I've got friends who say to me I don't really understand I don't mean to be rude but I don't really get why people pay you and it's like okay if you're not on it and you don't understand um, you know how people use it and why people enjoy using it then it's a funny old thing really isn't it (laughs) it is and it because it's such a huge part of our world Mm. And yet, yeah, there are people out there who it's not on their radar at all, yeah. let alone a part of their world. Yeah. And there's there's no path to follow. We're really kind of all finding our own way because it's so new. Absolutely. So you can't look at someone else's career and go, okay, well, I'll take those steps to be successful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. It just hasn't happened yet no. for us to follow. No. <laughs> but that's what makes it so exciting yeah, as well. it does, yeah. And it changes so rapidly, I think, you know. The last year has just been massive in the way the whole thing has developed and changed. So I have to kind of keep going with it. <laughs> you are somebody who I would say, and maybe this, maybe I'm wrong, but you can correct me. You seem to have done fairly well post-algorithm. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, for, for a time I did. It didn't seem to affect me at all. And then I felt a real change around the end of last year. But I have continued to grow. I hit 200,000 around the middle of February. So, you know, I am I am still gaining followers, but I do find my engagement has dropped quite a lot since around, you know, last summer was my peak. But, you know, it's still going. So 
<laughs> and, and also I do have a theory and I've got a new little e-course coming out actually for the sort of spring summer months around this but I think florals have a huge role to play in the algorithm and also just in kind of people's habits on Instagram and so in the spring and summer months you get a surge of a certain kind of community that's engaging with florals and then in the winter yeah. and autumn months obviously they're not as present in our feeds yeah and so that maybe has a role to play as well because florals are a part a regular part of your feed I would say is that fair yes definitely yeah I do post quite a lot of flowers (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I think that's true and my feed really started to take off around last spring which is um probably to do with you know the bluebells and the wisteria and all the rest of it well it's um... to do with your talent and to do with your messages but also you know flowers can't hurt (laughs) no flowers can't hurt (laughs) so hopefully you may see a return to that summer engagement rate over the summer again it'll be interesting to watch it will yeah definitely we shall see (laughs) so one of the things you and I have talked about a little bit before in conversation is a kind of along those lines really of that line between delivering what you know either the algorithm will like or what your audience are going to very easily engage with versus perhaps what you as a creator and a photographer might find more interesting or more challenging how do you straddle those two things I think for me it's been a balance and you know there was definitely a point last summer where if I my flat lays were doing very well and so were you know pictures of houses with flowers around them (laughs) all of which I take with my iPhone and you know they're just things I see I love styling flat lays I really do or still lives in my house I I do really enjoy that but I don't find the photography challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love to do most of all is go out with my proper camera and you know play with the light, photograph my children, fast-paced and really thinking on my feet. And I, I find that really invigorating and exciting and challenging as a photographer. And there was definitely a point last summer where if I had just posted iPhone photos of houses in London or flowers and flat lays I probably would have been doing a lot better and getting you know consistently high likes on my feed but I do insist on throwing in pictures which I enjoy taking and I find putting pictures of my children in there and portraits it just gives my gallery more soul and without Mm. those it doesn't mean anything to me but there's definitely a balance of continuing to give people what they are maybe following you for and what does well in the algorithm. Yeah, so sort of people pleasing a percentage of the time, which then buys you the freedom to be more creative and yeah, experimental. Exactly. And you know, people pleasing as sad as it might sound, it makes you feel good as well. Yeah. It gives you speed a boost and you might gain a whack of new followers from a picture that gets carried away on the algorithm and you get lots of likes and people become more engaged so it can work in lots of different ways and it gives you a bit more confidence so you know I wouldn't want to post six pictures on the trot that I knew were going to be tougher on the engagement stakes because it leaves me feeling a bit flat and a bit like oh you know this is hard going and (laughs) oh dear I'm having a wobble um so yeah to, to mix it up it works for me and it works for my followers I think. I sometimes talk about those pictures so like the floral flat lays or the the doors with flowers around them in London they they were a huge trend last summer and yeah I spoke about them as being almost like the Kath Kidston of Instagram in that 
you know it's cheerful and it's bright and it's happy and sometimes we need that like yeah you walk into a Kath Kidston shop and it is just joy yeah but there's also a point where you you get a bit Kath Kidston out and you need something simple for it to sit against so you might have the lovely floral teapot but you need the plain table for it to sit on yeah yeah I think that's definitely true and you know I what I put across on Instagram is me you know I am cheerful I do always say good morning on the school run and I'm happy and you know I'm exactly what you see is what you get I will tend to put across the bright side of life um but you know there has to be a bit more depth there as well so it's exactly like you say I think there's a balance and I think finding that is the key to success really drawing people in in different ways and on different levels and also in terms of kind of the longevity of your Instagram as a foundation for your business and for your brand because Mm -hmm. it's very easy to get pigeonholed isn't it into one particular type of content definitely yeah very easy I've seen it happen to a lot of people I've worked with where they've sort of hit upon something that's very successful on the algorithm or with their audience so done the natural thing and kind of gone with that but then maybe six months down the line when that's pretty much all you've been doing it's very hard to then evolve that into anything else because you've built up a following of people who expect that and only that type of content day after day yeah yeah exactly I think slowly you can turn it round, but it does take time like for me recently I've incorporated more travel photos and you know for a while my Instagram was very much just my small world I don't live anywhere about standing natural beauty I live in Northampton in you know a, a normal house and my it was literally little pieces of my world my kids and small details because the larger picture wasn't a beautiful one but um and I guess that's why people followed me for a while but then opportunities started to come up to go elsewhere and to travel and I wanted to you know do what I could with that so slowly I think I've incorporated that into my feed as well and people have started to take an interest in in places I go and to see my take on those so that's been a kind of a slow turnaround for me and something I've tried to incorporate more. It's felt very organic from the outside watching it and I think that is probably due to that thing of it's your eye and you're finding those small details wherever it is you go. Yeah, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Um, I remember when I started out, I was in a very similar position. I was living in a red brick terrace in a not very nice part of Manchester Mm. and so became very good at finding the small details because the big picture was just ugly yeah and then I moved to this beautiful landscape I live in now and my house is lovely and very photogenic and actually if anything that makes me less creative I think do you because it's just there it's so easy I I can just roll over in the morning and take a snap and stick it up so (laughs) I don't I don't work as hard and actually what I found was I have to make myself work as hard as I used to because that's where the magic happens I know I know I think that is possibly where I am struggling a little bit at the moment to be honest and I'm, I want to kind of last year I was all about really seeking out those moments and you know getting out in the early morning light going out in the fog just always always chasing the the very best picture and recently I've just not quite had enough time for that and um, yeah I really need to you know get back to making maximum effort <laughs> ebb and flow though I'm always a big advocate for letting yeah things you're ebb and right flow. actually and yeah sometimes it's the only way to sustain things over a long period of time isn't it absolutely and and it's not like you're doing nothing 
in this in this time you're you're super busy from what I can tell yeah things are busy <laughs> because so obviously you're a mum yes and are your, are your children both in school no Oscar's at school and Max is four so he goes to the childminders three days a week and Mondays and Fridays he's at home with me but he starts school in September so it's going to be a big change around here then and um, I'll finally be kind of working full time so that's exciting yeah it is yeah definitely and have you got an idea about how you'd like that to look in terms of your job um I've got loads of ideas buzzing around in my head at the moment I'm sort of vaguely thinking about studio space but that's tricky um just to find the right place and you know but potentially once childcare costs have gone that could work for me and I think I could increase my output then a lot as well in because I, I do bits and bobs of work for styling for companies that don't go up on Instagram so you know I could definitely increase that if I wasn't carrying backdrops up and down the stairs all the time <laughs> um, and I really want to work on my blog and build things up there because I enjoy that and see a lot of scope there so yeah I don't know really all sorts exciting. of things yeah definitely it's one of the really exciting things about this work that we do this world that we're in is that you can pick and choose and you can kind of build your own job build your own business yeah around your life and around what you want it to look like yeah so mate we're very lucky it's amazing really to be able to do that so fortunate and I especially as mums I'm sure you feel this too that even just a generation ago the constraint of being stuck at home with your children because somebody had to be and historically for some reason it's always the women that do that work yeah and that really held you back in your career where is I feel like you and I and lots and lots of other women have taken that time at home with our children but tried to turn it into something else and to actually start our business start something new yeah exactly and to be able to create a business out of essentially just an app on your mobile phone which is um you know it's amazing that anybody has that scope to do that now absolutely it feels almost like as women we've kind of gone okay, well, the existing system is just not working for us and all the concessions that you're putting in place for us are still not helping. So we're just going to make our own system over here. And so many talented, creative, intelligent, you know, vibrant people as well who have created these incredible things, whether it's your blog or your website or your images. And, you know, it's just fascinating to see really all that potential which was just yeah looking after after young children so. yeah just the the power of multitasking yeah. and the power of the power of women the power of community I suppose yeah. it's community is at the heart of it all yeah for everything we do isn't it absolutely yeah very important so how much of your income at the moment is coming via work on Instagram a good proportion of it when I first started sort of I set my stall out to be a professional photographer and try and make money out of photography I um, started taking photos of families and friends kids and newborn babies you know I was doing quite a lot of that for a while last year and I've simply phased it out because I can earn so much more from Instagram Mm -hmm. and um, so it's made sense for my business to focus on styling for Instagram so yeah really my 
my blog and Instagram is almost all of my income at the moment. That's really exciting. It is. It's been amazing. And it's also slightly nerve wracking because you, I don't know, I, I feel like it's all a bit volatile and could suddenly disappear. <laughs> but I'm making hay while the sun shines. Yeah, but your skill set is there to draw on however you need to in future, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, you know, I try to cement that by... Um, you know, last year I did a couple of articles for other photography blogs and I'm doing some work with Adobe. And so that, I feel, hopefully, you know, puts my name a little bit further around than than just being at the top of my Instagram profile. And, you know, hopefully if all of that should vanish, then I'm still a photographer and hopefully people would still want to hire me. <laughs> Absolutely. How could they not? <laughs> And how does it, how do you find the balance of doing sort of sponsored work on Instagram versus your own content? Because it's tricky ground sometimes. Yeah, it is. And last year I got myself a little bit swamped and um, I said yes to a lot of things, a lot of freebies, which were really nice stuff. You know, people wanted to send me, which I'd never had a lovely leather handbag before. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, of course, I'd love that. And then mm. flipping heck, I can't take his picture. It's a nightmare. <laughs> I'm really stressed. And honestly, I just like get myself all in a bit of a pickle over it all and this list of things which needed to be done and deadlines. And then more people started to want to pre-approve content before it gets posted. And so you're waiting for approvals and people want things posted on specific days and my gallery is quite curated I plan a few posts in advance and you know then you're trying to fit things in so it looks nice mm-hmm. but that's got to be posted on Friday so what oh no I'm gonna have to post two today to make my gallery look good <laughs> and the stress of it all got a bit too much for me to be honest so I felt a bit like I was running around like a headless chicken so yeah and it kills the joy of it yeah, doesn't exactly. it this thing that started as your voice becomes compromise it does and I'm finding a much better balance now of you know slotting in um sponsored posts but also doing far more creating just where the mood takes me and what is seasonal and what I see and where I am and you know it feels better it's it's there's a much better balance going on at the moment I think everyone I speak to has had to go through that that you sort of you have to in order to find the middle ground you have to go both ways yeah yeah definitely and I think for me the turning point was when I said yes to a bikini (laughs) you sent me this lovely bikini and I was like I I am not going to post a picture of myself for my bikini on my feed that's just not who I am <laughs> and I mean it sounds ridiculous but I was I was just so overwrought about what on earth I was going to do with this bikini and so that's kind of my yardstick now is I think do I really want to take this picture and can I do so yeah do it organically I said yes to a free haircut and it was just after Mother's Day last year and I thought oh, that would be lovely you know I'll just um I'll go and have a day out in London and get my haircut and the whole time I was getting my haircut I had the pressure that I had to take a picture of this place mm. I was in and post it and it was just such a stress and I was just like enough I would have rather just paid for my haircut yes. <laughs> it would have been easy that's my benchmark now is actually is it easier for me to just buy that product than it is for me to 
have the stress of having to work it into my feed somehow yeah that maybe sounds incredibly privileged to some people that we're like yeah that we're like oh it's so stressful getting our hair cut but I guess it's that thing of when that's your creative outlet when it is your yeah. it's your real life and suddenly compromising that it does feel stressful and it does feel really uncomfortable it does when you've worked so hard to build something which is so sort of carefully done and you know it's your baby and you yeah I get a bit stressed out if I look at my feed and it's not looking quite how I want it to look and I'm like oh I think I've said this to you before and Twitter like help I need to delete half my feed um so yeah it it does sound silly but yeah I'd, I'd definitely rather just take a step back and you know there's easier ways definitely absolutely and it's live and learn isn't it yeah it is yeah <laughs> so have you got any advice for anybody who's maybe just getting started in doing sponsored posts or would like to is there any sort of lessons you've learned or tips and tricks that you think you could share um that's a good question and you can I've, take some time to think yeah if you want. quite a lot of people email me or send me direct messages saying they've started being approached by brands and they they don't really know what to do and my advice is usually because I think I mean let's be honest what it comes down to for most people is they'd really like to start charging for stuff and Mm. it's very difficult to step into that zone of you know do you really need another free watch or if they really want you to post a picture of the watch then you'd like a certain amount of money for it and I Mm. think for me I I mean I'd kind of heard a rumor a wild rumor that people were getting paid for this stuff and I was like (laughs) goodness really can that be true after having really really stressed myself out over posting a free iPhone case I was like you know actually it would be great to be earning some money from this and um, tentatively sent out my first replies to a bunch of emails saying you know I charge 50 pounds for a post on Instagram and all of them replied back saying yes please and I was like oh okay I wasn't (laughs) expecting that And, you know, so I think that's usually my advice to people is do you really need the free product? And if you don't, but, you know, it's something that works on your feed and you like and you'd like to photograph, then see, inquire if they have a budget. And, you know, that's where I usually go with it first is just politely inquire. Would you mind me asking if you have a budget for this? And, you know, start £100 and see see what they say. Absolutely. <laughs> might be surprised and everyone might say, yeah. In fact, I think I remember now you've said that me and you messaging oh, a fair while back, you were just starting with sponsored posts and having the similar conversation about yeah. just almost just believing in yourself enough to say, this is what I charge. Exactly. And don't undervalue what we do because essentially we're advertising for people and we have a good reach and you know people we do the styling we do the photography and we have our own audience that you know we hand over to them um with that post so don't undervalue that work and basically a sponsored post with you is probably still cheaper than advertising in a local parish magazine which goes through 200 letterboxes absolutely you know it's, you've got to just keep that in mind I think and don't be undervalued there's, there's a lot in there isn't there about believing in yourself and seeing the value of your own work yeah. and I think so many of us get our heads swayed because someone offers us a free product and like you said it's something you've never had yeah lovely things and so it's very easy to think well I'll just keep doing this I'll keep taking product and I'm working for that but then you reach a point where you realize I still have bills to pay exactly I still have child minded to pay to look after my children yeah yeah it's a really difficult one and sometimes I do still do things in return for products because having lovely things actually helps my photography so 
you know if yeah. it's something like beautiful plates or mugs then you know great it makes my pictures look nice and it kind of works both ways but yeah it's it's a difficult one like we said it's such a new industry and we're all just kind of feeling around in the dark a little bit so absolutely yeah. trial and error yeah. my rule is always would I buy it so now I know about it would I buy it and if I would buy it then I'm happy to just do it for the product yeah. because I would have paid them the money for it anyway yeah and if I wouldn't buy it then that's when I know I need to charge that's a good benchmark definitely yeah so the other way that Instagram has changed my life and I'm sure you can relate to this is just in terms of friendships yeah that's one of the best things about it I think definitely I've spoken about that quite a few times on my feed and you know it's going going right back to the beginning as well and saying when you know you find this encouragement which gives you the confidence that you're doing something creative and putting it out there and people are nice about it and I've made some really good true life friends now from Instagram and traveled with and meet up with regularly and same yeah it's amazing really isn't it (laughs) it's incredible it's so valuable and and going back to when I was a new mum like I was so dependent on that social network of people to talk to and there were people who even now I talk to every day on Instagram I talk to more than I talk to some of my real life friends I've known for years just because of how our worlds are overlapping exactly you have this common thing which you know not everybody understands but a common love of flowers and cups and things (laughs) and tables (laughs) exactly a common love of the visual at any rate yeah and it's just a very supportive community and you know I say this to people all the time that I think you have to really embrace that on Instagram otherwise you don't get out of it as much as you could um you're missing Mm. out if you don't really embrace that and I've never understood people who just post a picture and then walk away because you're just missing out really it's not what it's for it was never that platform was it it is a community it was and I think these days I see more people who I wonder whether they are chasing the Instagram life and you know turning it into a profession but you can you can learn so much from people and make so many good friends and it can be so much more than just a career. I think that is the loveliest note to end on and I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree. So Hannah where can people find you online? I'm Hannah Argyle on Instagram and um, I'm Hannah Argyle Photography on my blog hannahargylephotography.com and that's about it really I'm on Twitter you're on Twitter yeah I am yeah Hannah Argyle again Hannah Argyle on Pinterest so I will link to all of those things in the show notes for this episode so people can come and have a look and thank you so much for talking to us thanks for having me Sarah as always, there will be full show notes on my blog at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast nine because this is episode nine. And this is just the start of the conversation. So do come and find both Hannah and I on Twitter where we are at me and Orla and at Hannah Argyle or on Instagram under the same names. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time.